All right, I like that enthusiasm. All right, so one of the greatest promises that we see in the Old Testament is God's promise to one day send a Messiah to the earth, a Messiah who would rescue and rule over those who place their faith in him. That's a mouthful, let me say that again. One of the greatest promises that God made in the Old Testament was that he was one day gonna send a Messiah into the world and that Messiah would come and that Messiah would come to rescue and to rule over those who would place their faith in him. Now, one of the Old Testament prophets who proclaimed the promise was a guy named Isaiah and Isaiah ministered during the early um, 8th century B.C. All right, so regarding the coming of the Messiah, here's our scripture for today. By the way, uh, 700 years before Christ. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. And on the throne of, can you guys shout out his name, please? David, if you weren't with us last weekend, I did a deep dive into what's called the Davidic Covenant, God's promise to David in 2 Samuel 7 about the coming Messiah. We tied it into Christmas. I encourage you to go back and listen or watch um, if you missed it, but on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. And for all the doubters and all the skeptics out there, the Lord ended the prophecy in this way, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will, not maybe, but will do this. Now as we, from our vantage point in the New Testament, look back on this Old Testament prophecy, we see two comings of the Messiah. His first coming is seen in the very opening words of the prophecy. For to us a child is born, and to us a son is given. And so in the Old Testament times, right, people longed for the Messiah. They waited for the Messiah. 400 years passed in between the Old Testament and the New Testament, in between Matthew and, I'm sorry, in between Malachi and Matthew, and at just the right time, because how many of you guys know God is never late? God's always right on time, and so at just the right time in history, God kept his promise, and he sent the Messiah into the world. And of course, that's why we're here. This is what Christmas is all about. We in our culture make Christmas about a hundred other things that has nothing to do with Christmas. What is Christmas all about? It's about the first coming of the Messiah 2,000 years ago. And so Christ came down from heaven, and what did he do? He offered us the greatest gift we could ever receive, his love and salvation. And those who have accepted his gift by placing their faith in him, those people have been changed forever. And so as we consider this powerful prophecy, I want you to look at two words, child and son. Okay, and so the first phrase, for to us a child is born, that points to Jesus Christ humanity, 
He was Mary's child. But the second phrase, to us a son is given, that points to Jesus' deity. He was and is the eternal son of God. And so what does that mean? It means simply this, Christianity 101. (laughs) Jesus Christ is fully God and fully man. Ladies and gentlemen, please understand that. Please get that. The biblical Christ is right there. Fully God, fully man. And listen, there's lots of false Christs being taught about in the world. There's lots of false Jesuses being taught about in the world. And that's the only Jesus that can save your soul. It's called the incarnation. Yeah, we should put our hands together right now and thank God for the incarnation. Praise the Lord. And so John proclaimed it. He said, in the beginning was the word, lagos in the Greek, and he's speaking about Christ. In the beginning was the word. Well, what's the beginning? The beginning of the space-time material universe, creation. In the beginning was the word. That means that the Christ was already there. (laughs) That means he's prior to the creation of the space-time material universe. He's eternal. In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. And then you go down to verse 14, and the word became flesh. That's Christmas, that's the incarnation. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. And so when the angel Gabriel told Mary that she would give birth to the Messiah, Mary's response in Luke 1.34 was simply, how can this be? I am a virgin. And the angel Gabriel replied to her and said that the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the one to be born will be called, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. Now listen, don't ever allow Christmas, the Christmas story, the true Christmas story, um, don't ever get used to it. Think about this. Think about the miracle of Christmas. And that is that the second person of the Trinity, the eternal Son of God, he came, and ladies and gentlemen, he added a human nature to his divine nature and entered time and space through the womb of a virgin. That's absolutely mind-blowing, and that's absolutely amazing. And why did he do it? Because he loves you. That's why he came. And so... The first phrase of Isaiah's prophecy points to his first coming, and the second phrase points to his second coming. I want you to check it out here. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, that's first coming, now look at this, and the what? The government shall be upon his shoulder. Now I want you to follow the logic of the prophecy. And the logic is simply this. If the first phrase of the prophecy literally happened in history, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, what does that mean? That means that the second phrase of the prophecy will also literally literally be fulfilled in history, and that is that the government shall be upon his shoulder. Coming to a theater near you. (laughs) He's coming back. Whether we believe it or not, whether we like it or not, whether we're looking for it or not, ladies and gentlemen, he's coming 
back. Now, question, does the government rest on his shoulders today? No way, just watch the news. Christ is virtually ignored in the governmental halls of Washington and London and Paris and Berlin and Moscow and Rio and Tokyo, right, and Tehran and and, and Rome and the governmental halls of every single city around the globe. Christ is virtually ignored. But one day, it's a glorious day in the future, but one day he's going to come back and when he does, the government at that time is gonna be on his shoulders and those of us who know and love him, we're gonna rejoice. It's gonna be a wonderful, wonderful time. Hey, there's better days ahead, so never ever give up hope. And those of us who are born again and believe the Bible, we have the sure hope of these promises that they will happen. Isaiah went on to say this, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Now those four names actually describe the Messiah's character that's gonna be manifested as he rules over the earth. In other words, when he returns as the wonderful counselor, Christ is gonna exercise great wisdom as he um, 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 pours out his government upon the entire world. As the mighty God, when he returns, did you know that there's another prophecy in the Old Testament that talks about in the future kingdom age that people during that time are actually gonna make pilgrimages to Jerusalem to see the Son of David, to see the Messiah, to see Jesus Christ, and they're gonna worship him and they're gonna adore him. When he returns, um, here's, here's what's gonna happen, he's gonna be our everlasting father, literally the father of eternity. And at that time, during that kingdom age, everybody's gonna know he is the source of everything that's good, and not only that, that Christ is gonna be like a father and he's gonna be protecting and providing and nurturing and caring over those in his kingdom. And when he returns, finally, he's gonna be the prince of peace. And so what Jesus is gonna do when he comes back is he's gonna accomplish something that no other political leader has ever been able to accomplish in the history of mankind. He's gonna bring global peace. He's gonna usher it in, and the teachings of Jesus are gonna cover the earth like the ocean waters cover the ocean floor. It's gonna be absolutely amazing, and it is good news, but I have more good news for you, and that is this. You don't have to wait until the kingdom age to experience these things. Here it is right here. The character of Christ manifested in his names can be experienced by the children of God, when? Right now, right now. And so if you will place your faith in Jesus Christ, receiving him as the Savior and the Lord of your life, the Father in heaven will make you his child, and then you can experience the benefits of the names of Christ in your life here and now. You'll experience it, yeah, absolutely, later on in the next life, but you can experience it 
now in this life. In other words, Christ can become your wonderful counselor, your mighty God, your everlasting father, and he, be, he, he can become your prince of peace. But you gotta become a child of God. Somebody says, I thought everybody was children of God. No. Everybody is not a child of God. We have to be born again. We have to do what John said. Look at what the apostle John says. Jesus came into his own and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become what? Children of God. And so the good news that everybody in the world needs to hear is this right here. If, and it's a big if, but if you will place your faith in Jesus Christ, receiving him as the savior and Lord of your life, he will become your wonderful counselor. You can go, ladies and gentlemen, into a, I'm not talking about a religion tonight. I'm talking about a relationship with the living God through his son, Jesus Christ. And he'll come and be your wonderful counselor. Did you know that when Jesus Christ came the first time, he spoke the most amazing words in all of history. Every time somebody came to Jesus, he gave them, listen to this, he gave them perfect counsel. Every single time somebody came to Jesus Christ, listen, he gave them exactly what they needed to hear. It wasn't always what they wanted to hear, but he always gave them exactly what they needed to hear. And some people even said, and I quote, no one ever spoke like this man. They were absolutely, 2,000 years ago as Christ walked the earth, they were absolutely blown away by what he said. Why? Because Christ's words were words of abundant life and Christ's words were words of eternal life and they absolutely rocked people's world. And so thankfully, his words have been recorded in the Gospels. Speaking of which, I'm very excited that uh, beginning January 15th and 16th, uh, here at Calvary, we're gonna kick off a verse-by-verse study in the Gospel of John. And so John, man, if you haven't read John recently, go back into it. Get back to the basics of Jesus Christ. And so John has given the world an absolute treasure. Why? Because John was an eyewitness. He saw the miracles. He heard the words of this wonderful counselor and he wrote it down for us and we're gonna study it throughout 2022. The words of the wonderful counselor. Now, here's what what I also wanna say to you. Um, if you're new to church or new to the Bible, and that is that all scripture has been given by inspiration or breathed out by God. And so the words of the wonderful counselor are not just in the red letters of the gospels, they're also in the entire word of God, the entire scriptures, but I am super excited about studying John with you uh, throughout 2022. I hope you won't miss one week of that study. Now, The awesome good news that everybody in the world needs to hear. This is the most important message. Nothing even comes close. What everybody in the world needs to hear is this. If, and it is a big if, you place your faith in Jesus Christ, receiving him as the savior and Lord of your life, then he will become your mighty God. 
He already is the mighty God, by the way, a title of deity, but he will manifest his power in your life. In other words, as the wonderful counselor, Jesus has this wonderful, amazing plan for your life that he will communicate to you. But as the mighty God, guess what? He shows up and he gives you the power to carry out the plan that he has for your life. He comes and he gives you the strength. He comes and gives you the energy. He comes and gives you the wherewithal in order to walk out what he's called you to do. And so ladies and gentlemen, think about this in terms of 2022. No matter what comes your way, no matter what opposition may come at you, no matter what the enemy throws at you, you need to know that Jesus Christ is greater. And he has promised that all things work together for good to those who love God and to those who are the called according to his purpose. What does that mean? That means that God is mighty, Christ is mighty, and he has the power to take all things in your life, right? The seemingly good things and the seemingly bad things, the stuff that we don't like very much, in his mighty power, he can take all those things and he can work them together for your good and for his glory. It's a wonderful thing to understand what it means to be under the lordship of Jesus Christ. And so the good news that everybody needs to hear in the world is if, and it's a big if, if you place your faith in Jesus Christ, receiving him as the savior and Lord of your life, he will be not just your wonderful counselor and mighty God, he will be your everlasting father. What that means is literally he will be or uh, he is the father of eternity, the source, the originator of all things. Listen again to the word of God here. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him. You see how big Jesus is? Listen, the, the real Jesus, the Jesus of the Bible, is a lot bigger than people think. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And so we're gonna take a deep dive into those verses next month, but isn't it amazing that all things were made through him, all things. And so what does that mean? It means he's the father of eternity. He is the source, he is the originator of all things. And did you know this? He created you. Did you know you didn't create yourself? God created you, Psalm 139. He knit you together in your mother's womb. Now here's the good news, that if you'll put your trust in him, he won't just be your creator. You'll enter into a relationship with him and he'll be like a father to you, Christ, right? The everlasting father will be like a father to you and he'll protect you and he'll provide for you and he'll nurture you and he'll care for you. In your time of need, he will be there for you. Just today, I had a situation going on, I'm not gonna share what it was, and God showed up. 
just for me. And I'm thinking, man, God is so amazing. But listen, life can get dark and life can get difficult and, and life can be super, super hard. And so what do we need? We need a God who's personal. And Jesus came. And we thank God for that. We thank God for his wonderful counselor. We thank God for his mighty power. We thank God for his protection and provision and nurture and care. And listen to this, we thank God for his perfect peace. Does anybody need peace? Raise your hand if you need peace, and I'm gonna raise two hands. We need peace, peace of mind, peace of heart, and that leads you to your, uh, his fourth name. Ladies and gentlemen, I keep saying this, but I, I wanna emphasize it for a reason. The good news that everybody needs to hear is this, if, it's a big if, if you place your faith in Jesus Christ, receiving him as the Savior and Lord of your life, he will be your Prince of Peace. Here's what I want you to know. If you're listening right now, say amen here. Amen. You cannot have the peace of God until you have peace with God. Did you hear that? You cannot have the peace of God until you have peace with God. God, the offer before you on this Christmas Eve is super, super clear. You can become a child of God and you can have peace with God. But it all depends on your response to the gospel. God wants to give you his peace, but your sins have separated you from your creator. Now what I'm doing now is I'm rolling into the gospel. But the word gospel means good news. But before I can share the good news, you gotta understand the bad news. And when you understand the bad news, the good news looks awesome. All right, so here's the bad news, straight from the word of God. Romans 3.10, there is none righteous, no, not one. Nobody is a good person. You say, what? Yep, that's what the Bible says. There is none righteous, no, not one. It says in Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. You know what I, what, why I'm quoting these verses to you? Here's why. Because you cannot get saved until you realize you're lost. You cannot be forgiven until you come under conviction for your sin. There's none righteous, no, not one. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23 says this, the wages of sin is, go ahead and shout out the word, it's death. Now because God made us physical and spiritual, body and soul, what does that mean as it pertains to our body? The wages of sin is death. Well the word death means separation. And so one day, you and I will take our last breath. And at that moment, our soul will be separated from our body. We will cease in our body to live here on earth, and our soul, listen to this, will spend eternity, because our soul's immortal, will spend eternity in one of two places, heaven or hell. 
And so the wages of sin is death. What does that mean concerning our immortal soul? It means separation. Death means separation. And that means if, you're, if you die in your sins, you're separated from God forever in a place called hell. You say, I don't know if I like that. Listen, listen. God is a just God. And just like we want a, a judge here on earth to render a verdict against a criminal who commits a crime, you need to know that the creator of the universe has to render a verdict for the crime of sin. Now here's the dilemma. God is infinitely just and he's infinitely loving. Now, this is going even deeper into the gospel, but man, I tell you, this is something that I just marvel at. Think about this, through, uh, think this through with me. God is infinitely just, and God is infinitely holy. That means that his justice demands that we receive the consequences of our sin. But his love doesn't want to punish us. And so, what did God do? How did God uh, resolve this dilemma? Here it is, right here. For God so loved the world, he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. That's how God did it. That's what the Lord did. And so God gave his son to be punished on the cross. And Jesus Christ hung on that cross and his sacrifice showed God's love for the whole world. And yet at the same time, it satisfied God's justice. Because Christ died in our place. The innocent substitute paying for our sins and making our salvation possible. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the good news of the gospel. And by the way, there is no other gospel. This is our only hope right here. Jesus Christ left the glories of heaven, came and entered time and space through the womb of a virgin, fully God, fully man, lived an absolutely perfect and sinless life, and then with you on his heart, and me on his heart, and the whole world on his heart, he willingly went to a cross. He never sinned one time, yet as the innocent lamb of God, he went to the cross, and as he hung on the cross, he bore our sins in his body on the tree, and he paid the price. He died for our sins, and he rose from the dead three days later. Somebody says, why? Why did he do that? Here's why. Because he loves you, and he wants to forgive you, and he wants to make you part of his family. And how can that happen? John told us. He, Jesus, came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Now, did you guys notice that there's nothing in there about doing good works to merit heaven? Did you see that? Again, listen to the word of God. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that's not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest anybody should boast. What does that mean? That means that salvation 
is by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. And how is that salvation evidenced? A changed life. Because if anyone's in Christ, they're a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. 